Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We have the shortest tenured coaches in NFL history list. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in five minutes, at least one thing on every NFL game for week 15. Bill Belichick is number one in the NFL all time. He was the Jets head coach for one day back in 1999. Wrote it on a napkin, right? It was a great day in Jets franchise history, though. It was a really <laughs> big day for them. George Allen lasted two preseason games for the Rams in 1977. And I take it it didn't go well. Lou Holtz lasted 13 games in 76 with the Jets. Bobby Petrino and Urban Meyer are tied for fourth uh, alongside Lou Holtz for the shortest tenure in NFL history for a head coach. Bobby Petrino, for some reason, I thought he was in year two when he pulled the stunt. It was right around the Monday night football games. game when he took off and he left the notes. Where he left a letter to the players, remember, in the yeah, locker in room locker. saying he was going to the Arkansas, yeah. taking the Arkansas job and going back to college. He was 3-10 and 10 in Atlanta. Urban is 2-11 and 11 in Jacksonville through 13 games. Look, the NFL is just not cut out for everyone. Uh, Bobby Petrino shows that. Now Urban Meyer shows the exact same thing. So how would this mass exodus have worked? I don't know. So the, the report... Um, uh, Benjamin Albright put out there, and I mean, he's connected with coaches across the league. He said that there were multiple coaches that were planning a mass exodus after the season. But if you're under contract, I mean, so you just turn, you how just many one-year contract guys could Urban have had? I, I would think the lure of going there partially is that you've got uh, Well, you can, you can resign. I mean, they could just leave with their contract. It's still years in their contract. And just say, I'm not working here anymore. And let lawyers figure it out. Yeah. The way he worded you this say, was... I'm not a, working here anymore. I quit. But they're not going to let you go work for somebody else. He well, said that Jack's, some of them probably go back to college. Jack's coach is talking about a mass exodus walkout after the season. Several already secretly and some not secretly, secretly already had other jobs lined up. So I, mean, I guess they have zero non-compete. Did they not... I would have loved did, to have seen that. Did they not understand who they were going to work for? This is what confused me about this. Did they not ask around people that have worked for Urban Meyer? Well, Because one of two things are true here. Either Urban Meyer came to the NFL and decided to be some tyrant out of thin air, out of nowhere, or he's been doing this his entire career, and it's been covered up by local media around colleges, and coaches don't say much about it because guess what? You don't want to cross them. They get fat off the back of Urban Meyer, and they go on to bigger and better jobs when they go work for him. Because they win everywhere they've been. This I, couldn't have been some secret I'm a little of what Urban Meyer's on this. I think you sit down with the guy. He woos you. He wants you on his staff. Uh, you talk to somebody who's who's removed from the bad part and says, "Hey, it's done well for me in my career to have been connected to Urban Meyer." And or I've worked for so and so in the past, so it can't be that bad. Right. Plenty of people um, have have taken jobs that didn't turn out to be what they expected. Oh, it can be bad. 
I just it could don't, be worse. I just don't think that Urban Meyer was doing things that he wasn't already doing uh, throughout I, his career. I agree with, I agree so with, I feel yeah. like if He's you did your research, man. guys that are going to be signed up to work for Urban Meyer, you say, well, this is what I you got to know for. the deal coming into it. You can't get there and then then decide, oh, well, these NFL players don't take it the same way, so now I'm out. <laughs> right? That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, there's going to be an out-and-out revolt in this locker room. This isn't like Herb at Utah where I talked to the guy who worked for him there where they just shut up and listened to everything he said. That, that to me, is where it turns. They had to know who Urban Meyer well, was. I think you up. could have imagined, hey, we're going to come in here and we're going to get things turned around and going in a good course. And now you say... This thing has gone way worse than we thought, and this guy's giving us the vacant stare and making us defend our resume, and hasn't gotten the quarterback going at all. And he told them that the, he terrible. had a better coaching staff at Bowling Green, is what he told them behind the well, scenes. Well, I would raise my hand be, and say, "Excuse me, didn't you hire us?" Yeah, yeah, that may be the case, but also it's a bunch of coaches looking around, not having any faith in their head coach. Mm. That's a big part of it. They're thinking, "Why stay here if this owner, for whatever reason," is so into the head coach, I don't want to be here around this guy, and he's only going to continue to lose. So why would I stick around if I don't believe in his vision or his ability? Excuse me, uh, Urban, I, I'm better with the positive reinforcement style than the beratement. Can we try that a little bit this week? I think maybe it would have better results. How would that go over? I just can't stop laughing at the, the image in my mind of him kicking his kicker and stretch. That just that's the one part of this that I just cannot I just don't believe. I I can't believe that it's exactly how Lambo put I it picture, out there. Here's how I picture it. Lambo's foot is sticking out into like the the line on which Urban is walking and he kind of flicks it away. Yeah, I'm I think he that like, your leg I, is I think, out into this area. I think Urban Meyer is probably not great with a joke. If I had to guess, and I think he's walking through the line and gives him like a, he said it was a five out of a ten, like a little tap on the leg with his leg and says, "Hey, make your bleeping kicks." And then he took it as he kicked me, and he fires back, and that's when things escalated. And Urban Meyer had something to say. Josh to him. Lambeau has more power in the NFL right now than Urban Meyer. It's true. I mean, it, even prior to this, I mean, the coaching the coaching staff just. Take a step back and think about what they would have seen behind closed doors in their breakout meeting rooms. Urban Meyer is the laughing stock of the organization. The players are mocking him and laughing at him during practice. And all the while, he's acting like he's in charge and running things the way he's running them and like he's going to turn things around. The players are definitely chatting with those guys. Daryl Bevel, today at his uh, first press conference as the interim head coach, a reporter said, hey, I think you have a chance to win more games as the interim this year than Urban had as head coach, period, in the NFL. And he, like, stares at the reporter and then just starts laughing and, like, waves the camera off. Like, I, I can't answer that. I can't keep my composure. <laughs> I guess, Urban Meyer was a joke there. Yeah, he doesn't have one friend. In Jacksonville. Dockage is his only friend. Well, well his uh, one friend was Shad Khan. Who was yeah. doing any speaking. And then Shad Khan had a yacht meeting with his star quarterback. And Why can't we changed. get invited to yacht meetings? I'd <laughs> love to have one yacht meeting. Just be called to a yacht. We will meet on the yacht. Let's I, add I that. Want that. We, we, want, want, that we want a private jet. We want to be flown to a big game on a private jet. And then we just like appetizers on a yacht. Yeah, have a seat on hour. my yacht. Just like 60 minutes on I a yacht. I don't need an hour. Give me 15 minutes. No, just 15 minutes. You don't have meeting. to undock. We'd out. be perfectly happy just to walk on give me the yacht dock, for the event space. One cocktail and some appetizers, and then off. 
you don't have to undock. And feel like we really got some business done in that half yeah, an hour. Yeah, we made a deal. Yeah. I, I'm in. Handshake deal. I'm with this. Let's make it Handshake happen. Handshake deal that you could go back on. Now, do you guys agree with me that Urban Meyer, if he wants to coach a year from now, will have college opportunities? Absolutely. Okay, good. Oh, yes. Yes. Good. No, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't hire him, but I understand why he will I, be hired. I would have a hard time hiring him right now, but there's going to be someone that looks at his college resume and says, Can't resist. We'd love to have I'll him. give you the school. Okay. Auburn. Auburn would hire Urban Meyer. Yes. And they're going to need him. If Brian Harson doesn't indoctrinate himself into the Deep South. In a better way. He's not going Into to. the culture at Auburn and they're doesn't be, figure it out. They're going to be And Auburn has an opening. Yes, Auburn would contact Urban Meyer if he wanted to coach. That's a school that's going to be desperate you know, at, to reclaim At what point board. is Urban Meyer mentally beat down enough where he just doesn't want to coach again? Because it took him a while to get back into the, the Jacksonville opportunity. Well, I feel a migraine coming on for Urban Meyer right now. Yeah. <laughs> this this may be a time to just take some time off and you know swim in your cash and go buy a yacht. Go buy a yacht where you can host these yacht hey, meetings. Sean, I know you just fired me. Just one last question. Uh, with your yacht company, do they deal in smaller I know you've uh, got a good yacht stuff? guy. Can you put yeah. me in contact just with that yacht guy? put me in touch with your yacht guy. After we settle. Yeah, I don't know what size yet until we settle, but... Okay, let me know. The only yacht guy I know is Albert Hainsworth, and he's, he told us he sold his recently. Well, where was he pulling it? Uh, I mean, where, where? Down the river. He said anything about Cumberland? Se- any, bo- any, any boat the that's Tennessee longer river. than 70 feet is considered a yacht. Yeah. 70 feet. Well, it's funny because I, I was like, I, I don't think of a yacht being in, on fresh water. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, it's a big boat. And he's like, no, it's technically it, a yacht. It's a yacht. <laughs> he corrected me. No, it's a yacht. It's over 70 feet. Oh, my bad. My bad. 70 feet, one millimeter. Yeah. It qualifies. It, it meets the standard. Uh, coming up, I've got details on this cycle threshold that the NFL is saying. So the yeah. NFL policy, uh, you test negative or you can have a positive case where you haven't tested out, but your CT, your cycle threshold is above 35. I'll explain that. Hutton's going to uh, science class. Um, I'm going to try to do that anyway. Um, the NFL is basically saying if you still have the virus in you, but it's not as... Um, <laughs> Viral, it, it's not <laughs> <That's> perfect <laughs> as contagious, I guess. Um, you're you're playing. Makes sense. You cycle back in. Um, again, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, Armando Salguero is going to join us in about ten minutes. Doctor well. Salguero will join uh, us. First, though, tonight, uh, at least one thing on every NFL game, and one thing tonight with the Chiefs and Chargers ahead of our preview is at FanDuel.com/slash/OK360. Thirty to one odds uh, on tonight's matchup where you can take Kansas City or the Chargers. You bet $5 to win $150 for first-time users. You deposit $10 and make that your first bet. You bet $5 to win $150 on the odds boost at FanDuel.com slash OK360. 30-to-1 odds on Thursday Night Football. That's just a straight money line bet. You pick the winner, Kansas City or the Chargers. $5 wins you $150. KC, by the way, now playing three of their final four games on the road where Arrowhead has been uh, very nice to them. Now they travel on the road and they start this little road stretch down the final month of the season against LA that beat them at home uh, whenever the Chargers were just going forward on fourth down and pushing the ball down the field and taking big opportunities and chances with their young star quarterback, Justin Herbert. And we get uh, we get number, uh, game number two of the season between Herbert and Holmes, which is going to be a great one-on-one rivalry for years to come within that division. 
Raiders at the Browns on Saturday. Miles Garrett set the franchise single-season sack record for the Browns last weekend. And now he's taking on a Raiders front that allowed five sacks last week by Kansas City. So, interesting note there. Of course, COVID has really hit the Browns roster and lineup. How much can these uh, these new policies that are in, in, in effect immediately, as of today, help them get a, a player or two back? Uh, last I checked, 17 Players were placed on their COVID-19 list, including quarterback Baker Mayfield. He's one of them, Baker Mayfield. This is a big question. Right. I'm going to go on a limb and say Kevin most Stefanski, all of them will be back. Kevin Stefanski is also out as the head coach. He's They'll on that list back. as well. Patriots at the Colts on Saturday as well. Patriots are the only team in the NFL that does not have a 100-yard receiver in a game. Um, wow. they've, they've spread the football around when they've thrown it. They still do not have a receiver that has tallied 100 yards, uh, yards in, a, in a single game. And uh, I want to point this out. I think he's already reached this point. But the second-round pick that Philly got in return for Carson Wentz becomes a first-round pick automatically if Wentz uh, takes 75% of the season snaps. So keep that in mind. I think if if it hasn't already happened, that locks in tonight with four games to play. So uh, that that may or may not be a storyline. And if Wentz gets hurt, that's even a bigger storyline for Philly. Indy, by the way, plays New England, then at Arizona. And the Colts are one of five teams right now that are seven and six. You would think three of those five in the AFC that are seven and six are getting into the postseason. And they're in right now. Indy's in right now. They're hosting New England, traveling on the road in back-to-back weeks to take on Arizona. Panthers are traveling to take on the struggling Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen rushed for over 100 yards last week. Uh, in that loss to Kansas City, but uh, he's dealing with a foot issue now. Will he be as mobile against that Carolina defense? Uh, the Panthers have a tough stretch. They have the Bills, and then two of the next three weeks, they will play the Bucks. They have not played Tampa Bay yet. They're done. Cardinals are traveling to take on the Lions. Arizona can clinch a playoff spot guaranteed with a victory. Um, they would also keep at least a one-game lead over the Rams, with a win over Detroit, which they should do. It's a nice setup for the rebound off of their loss that dropped them out of the number one spot. Yes, the Lions hit really hard with uh, the COVID list as well. Plus, today they got news. TJ Hawkinson done for the year. He's going to have a procedure done on his thumb that's in really bad shape. Texans and Jags. Daryl Bevel takes over as the interim head coach. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mentioned this earlier, one touchdown pass over his last six games. I think they play loose. And they, they play free against a Texans team that is pathetic. I mean, they, they are bottom of the barrel. 2-11. and 11. They rank 32nd in the NFL in offense, 30th in defense. It's a pretty compelling game between two awful teams. I mean, like, the, loser, I the loser has a great opportunity. I think, I think top to bottom of Houston, Jacksonville, and Detroit. Detroit's the worst team by record. But I think they actually play better ball than those two teams in the AFC South. Yeah, I think you might be right. They're more competitive. I think they They're could like, they could win some games down the stretch that I don't I don't know if the Texans or Jags are are going to do um, to to fall out of the number one overall pick. I'm saying Jets are are traveling to Miami. Uh, the Dolphins rank 31st in the NFL in rushing this season, which means two is getting no help from a run game, facing a lot of third and longs. It's not great. Uh, Jalen Waddle on the COVID list as of today, so one of his receiving options is down. Cowboys and Giants. 
Cowboys defense, 31 sacks and 27 takeaways already this season. And they have four games to play. I don't know what the combined record is on sacks and takeaways in a season, but (laughs) 58 already is quite the number. 58! Washington at Philly. Philly's coming off a bye with a playoff berth. There's a clear path for them. They're currently not in, but they were playing well prior to the bye. And here's Washington, who is playing well, prior to what was a a big loss last week to Dallas. But they get back on track, and the thought would be, if if you want to make make the wild card in the NFC, one team in this game is going to do that, and the the loser's probably not doing that um, out of that division, Washington and Philly. Bengals and the Broncos. Tough game for me to figure out here, because the Bengals are very hot and cold, but they're freezing cold when they play at home. I don't know why. They don't play well at home this year. They play well on the road. Denver plays well at home at mile high, traditionally. Teddy Bridgewater has not turned the football over at a very high rate. He has one turnover of his last six games, and Denver has won four of those six games. So a tough game to pick here between the the Bengals and Broncos. It's early still, but it's not that early. Washington, Philly, Denver, Cincinnati both Mm -hmm. feel like elimination game to me. Not because you're so far out of it, but because there are a lot of teams in front of you to vault if you lose that game. Too many. 49ers got a big win against Cincy. They return home to host Atlanta, which is surprisingly one game below 500. Matt Ryan, though, has got to distribute the football to a receiver. Russell Gage is the guy to do that. The problem is he only has 42 receptions all season. His leading receiver is a rookie tight end and a running back. They need to get the wide receivers involved in Atlanta. Gage missed a lot of games early, yeah. too. Lamar Jackson missed practice again today. The Ravens are hosting the Packers. Is he the Ill? Ravens are terrible. Uh, no, he's got the ankle, ankle injury. Oh, okay. He was carted off last week. Um, and he's the Ravens are terrible in the secondary. Aaron Rodgers, we know how he throws the football. Last three weeks, back-to-back-to-back 300-yard passing games and 10 touchdowns to no interceptions. Rams hosting the Seahawks. The Seahawks allow a ton of yards. They do not allow many points. The fifth fewest allowed across any defense in the league. Saints and Bucks on Sunday Night Football. Rick Goslin points this out. Tom Brady has thrown 97 passes over the last two weeks combined. Nearly a third of them. Paul, keep this in mind for your over-under and your, your props. A third of those 97 passes have gone to Chris Godwin. So noted. That helps my fantasy team. That, that I know. Vikings and Bears, Chicago uh, hosting Monday Night Football. The Bears are missing all three coordinators right now due to COVID-19. Uh, I believe they placed six more players on the COVID list today, announced right, right after their practice. And Dalvin Cook comes to town, where he just rushed for 200 yards last week uh, against that Pittsburgh defense. Now he faces a, a stout Chicago defense, but... Can he pick up exactly where he left off, which was red hot a week ago tonight? Uh, We continue the NFL discussion. Armando Salguero joins us when we return. Time to hit all the NFL news and notes. There's plenty of that out there with Urban Meyer and the new COVID policy. Armando's next on OutKick 360. Armando Salguero about to join us. Uh, Armando can hear us right now. I'm going to try to go through what cycle threshold is. Outkick 360 rolls on because now you can also test out in the NFL if you're COVID-19 positive or if you're on the list. 
You can have two negative tests that the both are returned 24 hours after your positive test. Or there's something called a CT level, this cycle threshold, which is the amount of viral load. It's proportional to what is considered to be a severe infection. And the level that the NFL is requiring is 35. 35 is considered intermediate. And 25 or below is considered high, high threshold for virus. So if you have a low amount of COVID-19 virus that you're testing positive for, you can also, based on these new protocols, return to your team. Outkick 360 with Armando Salguero of Outkick.com. Armando, plenty of news today with uh, the NFL adjusting the COVID protocols. Urban Meyer fired down in Florida, down in Jacksonville. Um, what's the biggest headline today? That the, the league that's now adjusting their head, their their policy to make sure guys can get back on the field sooner, or the fact that Urban Meyer, who we thought was a disaster, was confirmed by his owner, Shad Khan. Yeah. So the latest headline is what you just talked about the the whole uh, COVID nineteen protocols adjustments. Uh, but I would say the biggest headline has to be, you know, the Urban Meyer situation and obviously how that's going to play out, Jonathan, because what people don't seem to realize, and I wrote about it on OutKick, NFL owners this week passed a new measure whereby they are allowed to start interviewing new head coach and general manager candidates two weeks prior to the end of the season. Uh, as long as they fired already their current head coach or general manager. And so what we're going to see across the league quite possibly is two Black Mondays if uh, teams try to get a jump on their searches. Also, you're going to see teams that are playing uh, in the same building with, you know, uh, guys who are interviewing who work ostensibly for other teams. So it's a strange, it's a strange situation. I think it's um, it's going to cause some more people to get fired quicker. And also, as I wrote about it, so your, uh, you know, situation with the new England Patriots and the Buffalo bills, for example, you have teams where they're going to be playing the Jacksonville Jaguars without their coach and uh, and interviewing other guys. If that's not a problem on the field, I don't know what is. And it gives a team like Buffalo, which has already, for example, played the Jacksonville Jaguars with their coach without as much drama, lost to them, um, sort of a competitive advantage. Armando, were you surprised that the Urban Meyer firing happened now, or did you feel like it was just a matter of time and was going to happen quickly after the Josh Lambeau report came out yesterday afternoon? Right. So I was surprised at the 1230, uh, yeah, you know, the timing. Bump. That wasn't a lot of fun. Right. Uh, I went to bed at 230 in the morning after I finished writing about it. Um, not not tons of fun. I'm I look. I live in my, I used to live in Miami, right? I'm a little north of that now. I know the clubs here don't close until like 6 a.m. <laughs> Some of them don't close until 8 a.m. I'm a long 
long way removed from that, Armando. Uh, <laughs> two thirty in the morning, finish writing is uh, a little beyond my capabilities nowadays. Armando Salguero, our guest. What does Trent Balky? Does he survive Jacksonville? You mentioned the 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 interview policy. Now that's for general managers as well. Um, I, I'm curious if if you're Shad Khan, if you're happy with Balky, he stays, and you just hire your coach. If not, do you want the GM in place prior to the next head coach of your team? I, I'm curious how teams will go about this. Yeah, it's interesting because Shad Khan mentioned Trent Balky in his statement firing Urban Meyer. You don't normally uh, mention Trent, you know, the, yeah. the guy that, that's going in your statement. So I have to assume that he's probably staying. Um which makes for more interesting stuff because Trent Balky, again, and I hate to keep plugging the outkick, uh, you know, material, but Trent Balky has a history with Ryan Day. Ryan Day was the quarterbacks coach for the San Francisco 49ers uh, when Trent Balky was their general manager, and they seem to have a good relationship. So among the obvious candidates for the job, including Doug Peterson, guys that they interviewed last year, like Eric Bieniemy, you have to include Ryan Day. Now, where does Ryan Day coach? Yeah, Ohio State. Hmm. He was good at Ohio State. Where did their last head coach coach? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ohio State. And... Uh, there's this narrative out there that college coaches coming to the NFL don't succeed. Um, we're going to see about that. Armando, uh, right now, uh, just uh, as I'm scrolling through Twitter, Josina Anderson's tweeted out that more COVID-19 positives have returned to Cleveland's uh, practice facility. Uh, they've already got 17 players and multiple coaches, including their head coach. I know the new policies are going to affect, so they could technically try to test out some of these guys. But, and I understand television contracts here. Cleveland's playing and hosting a game on Saturday. I don't understand why the league went into a season with a Saturday game in mind, not thinking, hey, maybe we could push this back 24 hours and play on Sunday, you know, the, the day we always play, and allow more players to test out of this instead of having Cleveland, who's right in the thick of it in that division. It's crazy to imagine the Browns in it, but they are. And now they're having to go about this with nearly you know, a third of their roster completely wiped out. Right. And it, it is patently unfair for the Browns. Um, I, I was in on their press conferences today, and no one said that, by the way. Okay. They were talking about uh, being resilient and answering the adversity with the next man up mentality, you know, all that, all that macho trite stuff. Let's face it. Uh, if they have to play with that diminished roster, even if some of those guys are back, uh, you know, I think three fourths of their or three fifths of their secondary and nickel is out. Currently, their starting quarterback is out. Their head coach is out. Uh, they've got a couple of other guys that are out. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, by the way, was sick today and everybody freaked out because, oh, my gosh, uh, if 
we don't have Jadavian Clowney, it's going to be Miles Garrett against, you know, everybody. So <laughs> it, it's a bad situation in Cleveland, no doubt about it. And I don't understand why the NFL can't. Again, yeah. you mentioned TV contract. Play it on Sunday, man. Play it on Monday if you have to. Do you think some of these games this weekend, Philly, Washington, uh, Denver, Cincinnati, <clears throat> I'm not thinking the loser would be out of it because their record is so miserable, though Phillies wouldn't be very good, but it leaves too many teams in front of them to vault in the remaining three weeks. So as great as all this parody is, uh, some of the teams at the bottom of these clumps just have too many teams in front of them after this weekend, and teams are going to start to look like they're eliminated because there's just too too much in between them and the playoff spot. Strong verb, vault. I like it. A good, good, strong verb there, Paul. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it, it's clear, look, the parody makes it fun for – the also rans and the the below mediocres, the the teams that are six and seven now and and still thinking, well, we can, you know, we can go all the way the rest of the month, win four and get in at ten and seven. Chances are not great that those kind of teams are going to be able to win out. I think if we get maybe one of those teams being able to win out because they're going to be facing you know, the best teams in their division. That's what the last few weeks of NFL football is. It's uh, interdivisional. So are you asking me if Philadelphia is going to make the playoffs? No, they're not. They're not going to make the playoffs. Okay. Are you, which was the other one you mentioned? Since he uh, Denver, I think the loser of that game is dead too. I think the, I think Denver is not going to make the playoffs either. And I think, Cincinnati, um, they've got a better chance than any of those three teams we just talked about. Tonight, Chiefs and Chargers, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, is, that, is this the great quarterback rivalry right in front of our eyes now that we're about to witness for the next decade plus? Well, I, <laughs> I, would, I would be hard-pressed to find one that's better when you put it in terms of in the next decade. Uh, obviously, uh, last year we saw in the NFC Championship game, we saw Tom Brady playing Aaron Rodgers. I'd like, you know, that would be interesting again. That would be quite a quarterback matchup. But if you're talking for the next decade or so, I, I can't think of one that is more promising. I, I Look, Justin Herbert last week threw – a pass where he evaded a rusher, uh, moved out just out of the pocket and threw it 65 yards in the air on a dime to a wide receiver who was not wide open, not, not super well covered, but definitely not wide open. And that throw, it like glowed in neon elite. <laughs> It really did. Anybody who saw it, and if you haven't seen it, go on Twitter, go on wherever you can go on, YouTube, anything. Watch that throw. It is just, I would say, you know, 65, 75% of the, of the quarterbacks in the NFL cannot make that throw. And so, 
And, and we all know that Patrick Mahomes has got great arm talent. So those two, a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm dubious a little bit about the, you know, the Chargers defense, but I'm dubious about the, the Kansas City offense and their ability to be consistent. So um, I just I just love watching Herbert play. He beat him the last time. Mahomes made mistakes. Um, I wouldn't doubt if it's the same result this time. You know, the only as you're seeing there uh, going through some of the the quarterback matchups, the only one that I think comes close and it's not nearly as obvious is Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow um, in the same division because they play twice a year. We don't know what Pittsburgh's going to do at quarterback. So, you know, that could obviously jump into the mix next year. Um, Baker Mayfield is not nearly anything close to Burrow or Lamar Jackson in the division. Uh, but, yeah, I think the most obvious is is Herbert. Who Herbert, by the way, his last two games against KC, seven touchdowns, and he both wins. And now they have a chance to sweep Kansas City this year. Uh, but the biggest difference, though, tonight, he's facing what looks to be a completely different Chiefs defense than the one that he faced in, in 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 a shootout earlier this year where they went for fourth downs and they were all trying to match everything that Mahomes was doing on the scoreboard. Yeah, I noticed you didn't mention Josh Allen against Mac Jones. Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> hey, hey, who knows? Oh, so come on. Too. <laughs> Patriots Bills will serious? always be there. Patriots Bills will always be there. Absolutely. Is this, is this Look must, at the standings right now. Is this must win time, Armando, for the Bills against Carolina this weekend? Is this the is this the do or die time for Buffalo? You know, I covered that game in Tampa Bay the last Sunday, last weekend, and they came out of that game feeling good about the loss. What and which is curious because you know they've been winning and losing for eight weeks straight, and that was their second consecutive loss. They felt good about the comeback. It felt like they forgot that they fell behind twenty three to three. If they lose to uh, Carolina, Western New York will drop off the map from the earth that happens yep. uh, because of that, that, you know, that result. They must not lose that game. They will not lose that game. Josh Allen, by the way, has been day to day. He's going to play that game. There's a lot of quarterback uh questionability uh, going into this week on the injury reports. You know, Lamar Jackson didn't practice again today. He's got that ankle issue. Um, but we can't get away from the, the, the photo of Rogers with his foot. That's all, all over Twitter, you know, showing it to the camera. Um, and, and Rex Ryan. Yeah. Rex, <laughs> Rex Ryan certainly loved that. That's right. Um, Titans and Steelers, Armando, I'm curious to get your take on, on what the Steelers are doing. Uh, we're very hot and cold. Very good in the second half. Terrible, uh, terrible first half football team. And the Titans are just kind of playing their identity. Running the football, running the clock, not allowing a lot of points. I'm expecting a low scoring game on Sunday. So I'm going to say something controversial here that, you know, the entire earth that is Steeler Nation is going to hate. Vrabel is doing a better job than Mike Tomlin, right? And the reason for that is Mike Vrabel's team plays to its as close to its ceiling as what the available talent that game day uh, offers. Uh, you know, obviously they're a lot better team when everybody's healthy, right? 
but they've not been healthy basically all year, and yet they've played to a significant level all year. Whereas the Steelers, you don't know what you're getting, you know, game to game, half to half. And it's not like they've had a ton of guys out. Joe Hayden has been out, granted, and now T.J. Watt is hurt and those guys. But when they've been healthy, when you thought that they should get their act together, they're inconsistent. And they're not um, a team that you can depend on. And obviously, you got to look at the coach and the coaching staff and say, well, why aren't you maximizing what you have? Because an NFL season being a marathon and not a sprint, at some point, you're not going to have everybody. You better, you know, use the good times to reach your ceiling. And they haven't done that. Do you think the Colts answer the bell as they host New England on Saturday? I think the Colts answer the bell. Uh, More importantly, I think the Colts run the football, which is something that they failed to do or didn't really want to do against Tampa Bay a few weeks ago. They kind of, I'm not going to say punked out, but they they decided that the thing that they do best, they weren't going to try as much against the NFL's top rushing defense at the time. They threw the ball 26 consecutive times. And yeah, they moved it, but obviously uh, and predictably, eventually Carson Wentz started making mistakes. When you throw it 45, 50 times, that's what happens. You increase the chances of the guy who is okay, but not elite, making mistakes. This time, they're facing a good New England defense that allows the fewest points in the NFL. They promise they're going to run the football. Armando, his latest column is with the the quarterback talk as he goes around the league and gives you the news and notes there. Uh, You can read all of his great work at outkick.com. Armando, love having you on each week. Thanks for the look at the league. And uh, we'll try to make and and decipher all of this language and this new COVID policy. And we'll give you our book report by next Thursday. Thank you very much. I'll be collecting early. (laughs) Thanks, Armando. (laughs) Thank you. Armando Salguero there. A lot of people on the Colts. I'm curious about the spread movement there. Also, this uh, game tonight, Chargers-Chiefs, scheduled like a divisional matchup should be. Armando was talking about the Chiefs being a different team now. Well, they had a chance to become a different team because the first game was September 26th. This second game is 12 weeks later instead of it being two weeks later or three weeks later like we're going to see with the Bills and the and the uh, and the Patriots, and also that you know the Bucks are playing the Panthers twice over the final stretch of the season. They got to make it a rule. Not enough people talk about it. Nobody wants to see the same two teams playing in the course of three or four weeks. With some college headlines of the day, uh, plenty of uh, cancellations, not even postponements, cancellations in college hoops. It's like reading read school cancellations. Yeah, it's including a, a big a big top twenty five matchup uh, out in Vegas. We'll tell you about that next on Outkick three sixty. Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker is entering the NFL draft. No surprise there, but he's not going to play in the Peach Bowl, which is on Thursday, December 30th, two weeks from today, that follows the Music City Bowl uh, with Tennessee and Purdue. And uh, we're doing a big watch party here and pregame party starting at 1130 here at 6th and Peabody with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer 
right here at 6th and Peabody, Outkick 360, and the Tailgate Show, 1130 to 1, followed by Outkick 360, live at 2 o'clock Central. It's also important because those two games may be two of the games that appear in my top 10 non-playoff bowl games that I will unveil tomorrow and we'll discuss. A full bowl season preview for you tomorrow of what you need to watch. That's tomorrow at, uh, right, we start 2 o'clock, that'll be at 2.20 tomorrow, and... That affects that whole game with yep. Kenneth Walker out because that's Michigan State against Pitt, and that's a solid matchup. That's a number 11 versus number 13 in the final poll. Um, we're not going to see the solid matchup out in Vegas this weekend uh, as Kentucky was scheduled to face Ohio State. That game has not just been postponed. It has been canceled. They are not going to make this game up, and that might begin a trend across college basketball until conference play rolls around. So, yes, they're not going to make that game up, but this is the CBS Sports Classic. So guess what CBS needs? They need a game to be played in that slot. UNLV has been contacted. Uh, They are willing to play to step in for Ohio State, so it may be Kentucky and UNLV uh, on Saturday in that slot. There's also a report out that Texas is a possibility uh, to slide into one of those spots. UCLA, who's also right now... Um, up in the air, there's talk that it's instead of uh, UCLA, North Carolina, it may be North Carolina, Kentucky, and then UNLV and someone and the others. Either way, there's a weird game of musical chairs going on to see who's going to be playing in that game because Kentucky's good to play. Uh, others are good to play. It's Ohio State who had to opt out of the game with COVID. Um, so it looks like Kentucky still may have a game, but it's not going to be Ohio State. So they're headed to Vegas, and they're going to hopefully find an opponent. Oh, That's they're the going idea. to Vegas. We're going. They're not passing on a trip they're, to Vegas. Are, so let's are, make that clear. Well, the, the blue mist is already there. Chad. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they've there are people that they had to decide between going to Vegas, or going to the eating. SEC tournament, or going to the NCAA tournament. Or eating. And they chose Vegas, and that's their year. That is their year. So they'll be there. So how about Vegas is fun. Mark Long from the Associated Press confirming with Daryl Bevel, and Bevel confirmed this at his presser today who's now the interim head coach in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer left the Jags facility after practice yesterday, never returned, leaving staff to prep without him. They were in the dark as to where he was and what was happening. They had no clue. (laughs) And this is around the same time that that kicker story came out. He doesn't care about those people at all, one bit. No. Again, he, he hated his staff. He let them know that. Yeah, this is all on you. That's basically what he's saying. But my firing... It's all because of you failures in this room right but now. The, I'm not talking to you. Well, just seeing clips from the from their team facility today, from coaches to players, there's a lot of laughing going on and a lot of joking in a joking manner about Urban and this whole situation. So I mean, what they're, time? They're in a terrible been? spot. They're not going to. There's not much to win, and it's not much to game plan for either. Though they're playing Houston. I know. You think they play well, or you think they come out and just play like, uh, screw it. Let's start. Let's start the vacationing now. Listen, the best way to send a message about how you feel about this guy is to play well. You're right. So I think they play well. And they've got the rookie QB. That should there should be a weight off of his shoulders too. I think I think they play well. Now, I mean, I think they're fortunate that they're oh, playing yeah, Houston. If yeah. they were playing New England, they wouldn't play well. Right. I mean, are they going to change their offensive system for this game? No. But they are, think, they are incoherent on offense right and now. And Daryl Bevel was the play caller. Daryl Bevel was the offensive coordinator, not Urban Meyer. Agreed, I just I don't see them flipping a switch and playing great all of a sudden. They're playing a terrible opponent, 
and they've got the weight of their hate of this guy off of them. One of their players. The weight uh, of the hate. I like that. Weight of the hate. One of their players was asked about, you know, what what would you want a new head coach? This always happens. Opposite. Yeah, yes. And well, it's easy to pinpoint the opposite of this. Like someone that actually he said Good. He the cares. guy said someone that actually listens to the players. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like I mean they're all it's pretty, the way straightforward they the mock, they the mocked hate. Urban Meyer in person. They mock him as he leaves the facility uh with uh, no news on his whereabouts yesterday. The weight of the hate is great. That's what we found out about the Jags players in Urban Meyer. Strong weight. Three keys for the Titans to go on the road and win at Hinesfield over the Steelers. Next on Outkick 360.